Welcome to the Sheriff's Report with Henderson County Sheriff Bodie Hillhouse. This podcast is part of the Henderson County Network. How you doing this morning, Sheriff? Doing great. How are you doing? I am doing amazing. Hey, we got to really get into this this morning because we have a lot to do, folks. There's a high-speed chase we want to talk about, an accidental shooting, a big search warrant that resulted in arrests in Athens, and big news in the jail. So let's get started uh, with the stats. Yes, sir. We uh, Since we met last, uh, there's been 68 individuals booked into the jail, 19 females, 49 males. Um, our average so far this year is 385. We've got 402 in custody today, and 125 of those are going to be contract inmates. And as we always talk about, those contract inmates are really important because they bring money into the uh, into the county. 125, man, it's really nice. We're staying at that level, kind of in that in that uh, above 100. Yes, and the marshals contacted us yesterday. They're supposed to be bringing us a few more um, this week. Um, so looking at it, <clears throat> we're hoping to get about, this year we're hoping to get about a $1.5 million off of the contract inmates. I remember when we were doing this uh, before COVID started, you know, we were looking in the 30s yes. every week, and now we're above 100. Great news for the county. All right, let's get into this. Um, Yesterday in Athens, as we recorded this on Wednesday morning, as we always do, uh, Tuesday there was a high-speed chase that went down 31, went through, I guess, Marcus in Athens and into Malakoff. A lot of questions about that. What's going on? Um, <clears throat> actually, it was bright and early Monday morning. It was about oh, 8.05. Okay. And we, uh, um, we were here at the office working. And the county attorney investigator, Brad Gray, um, was in between Brownsburg and Markerson. Vehicle um, almost struck his patrol unit. He turned around and uh, attempted to stop the vehicle. The vehicle slowed um, like it was going to stop and then took off, and he called in a pursuit. And so uh, units responded and caught up with him and we basically she came straight down through downtown um we were kind of hoping that if she went anywhere she would get on the loop but when she got him up on the loop um there was a lot of big trucks and she wasn't able to get over in that lane so she comes straight down 31 and then uh cut over right here in front of the sheriff's office and jumped back on 31 west and went towards malakoff there at the intersection of malakoff at 198 and uh, Highway 31, she lost control of the vehicle, kind of spun out, and one of the patrol units was able to get in front of her, and we were able to get her out and detain her and, and arrest her. And um, it appears the reason she was running is uh, that arrest. Of course, she was arrested for evading arrest with a uh, motor vehicle, which is a third-degree felony, and then she was also charged with uh, driving while intoxicated, which is third or more, which is also a third degree felony. So uh, the third or more basically went from a misdemeanor to a felony. So is this somebody from around here? No, she's, she's not from around here. Um, she was passing through and uh, luckily we was able to stop it without anybody getting hurt. So about these kind of chases, 
Tell us just a little bit about something that goes through um, when, a, when a chase goes through so many municipalities. Yeah, <clears throat> of course, we were working with everybody. We contact, it came out on the radio, um, DPS got involved, Athens Police Department got involved. And of course, everybody, the main goal is to try to stop the pursuit before anybody gets uh, hurt. Uh, DPS was trying to deploy spikes. That's why she left. She was traveling westbound on 31. Uh, DPS put out a set of spike strips. She went around them and went over to uh, 175 and then turned westbound again. Um, but we're basically always radioing ahead, trying to say, okay, this is where we're at. This is where we think we're going just by following the individual and trying to get uh, people out in front of her um, to set out spike strips or, or uh, figure out a way to slow them down and uh, just have to work together. And unfortunately, she went around the spike strips here and nobody was able to get to her out in front of her. Um, of course, we radioed to Malakoff whenever she got on 31 uh, West. And then the intersection, there was lots of traffic. She was trying to go around the traffic and that's when she lost control of the vehicle. And luckily it didn't strike anyone except our unit that blocked her in. So, do we have any idea of the speeds of this particular? Uh, it was between 85 and 90, 90 miles an hour. Um, and just by the way she was driving, I think that was all that truck would do. Um, she, was, she was trying to give it everything she had, and I just think that that That's... Chevrolet truck was just, it was maxed out about 90 and, uh, and then ended. Well, and it's, and it's a good thing that it ended, nobody got hurt. Yes. And that's... That's the important thing, and it's just another chance for everybody. I mean, it's one of these things that I'm not sure our listeners realize how often the different municipalities, the different agencies work together on something like this. Yes, yes, and two, and, you know, it happened, like like I said, at 8.05 in the morning, so you're thinking, of course, you know, I joined in <clears throat> a few vehicles beh uh, back behind. We had marked units in front of us, and then, at 8.05 in the morning, you're thinking, okay, what school zone are you going to go through? What, you know, at what point does it become unsafe and just call it off? But then you're kind of in a catch-22. You call it off, and she goes on and hurts somebody. Yeah. Then, you know, whose fault is it then? Um, but luckily, by the time we got to the school zones, they were already closed. Kids were in school, so. All right. Um Another case that has um, uh, has the community really talking is an accidental shooting um, that, that I've seen some fundraisers and, and that kind of thing. What happened? Yes, it was April the 30th at about 11.45 p.m. We received a call here so at the sheriff's office. So that last Thursday? Uh, Friday night, Saturday morning. Okay. Um, I believe, yeah, the first was... First was Saturday. was Saturday. And then um, <clears throat> they were at a residence there on County Road 1315, which is in the crossroads area of Henderson County. And uh, there were several folks at the residence, and we received a call that a, uh, a juvenile had been shot in the face. And then so we sent units out there. Deputies arrived. Investigators arrived. <clears throat> Through the investigation, um, he is stable. He's doing good. Um, he's talking. Uh, he does have a bullet still lodged in his face. 
Um, he was very, very lucky, but through the investigation, we learned that he was shot by another individual, and it, it's looking like it is just uh, a tragic accident. Um, however, we are going to put the case together. We're going to do everything we can. We will file the case with the district attorney's office to f go before a grand jury. Um, the victim is telling us, you know, hey, I know it was an accident. I don't want anything done, but we're still going to put it before a grand jury and let uh, let 12 people that are uninvolved in the situation look at it and make sure that uh, they feel good with the no bill. How old was the victim? Um, I don't know his exact age. He was, he was young. But I'm talking, I mean, is he? He's a teenager. Teenager, thank you. Yes. There you go. Yes. So he's a teenager. Um, okay, I know that we've seen a lot of uh, a lot of fundraisers and stuff like that. We're we're wishing him the best, and our prayers are for him and his family. It's just a reminder that uh, please be careful with your firearms. Make sure that they're <clears throat> put up. Yes, there's no reason to be playing with a firearm. Um, I mean, hunting uh, protection. Uh, you know, they're they're good. For a lot of things, but uh, when you've got them out, you've, you've got to be diligent and know what you're doing. And there's just there's no no reason at all to be just mishandling a firearm. Somebody can get uh, injured or killed. All right, so let's move on. There was also a, a, another really big case. Um, there was a search warrant executed uh, in Athens that led to several arrests. Yes, we were excited about that. We <clears throat> worked on a search warrant, and uh, our narcotics investigators and our general investigators worked on a warrant pretty much all week last week, working with the district attorney's office and Athens Police Department and DPS, and uh, it all kind of came together Friday morning, and we were able to get in a, a search warrant for a person, a wanted fugitive that was inside the residence. Uh, we got there. Um, he was home, and we were able to apprehend him, uh, another fugitive that was also there, and then uh, there were two other subjects. And we, uh, once we got there and apprehended him, there was stuff laying out in plain view. And so we uh, reached out to Judge McKee and got another search warrant for drugs, and we were able to um, get, it was crack cocaine and marijuana. And uh, so we recovered drugs, we recovered a gun, um, we were able to seize two vehicles and cash and made four arrests. And um, it all came together and, and uh, we've got four individuals that are uh, now here at the Henderson County Jail facing prosecution. Um, two of them are here on no bonds for the felony warrants. And then of course they caught new charges uh, behind the drugs that were in the house. Um, it was a it was a big operation. Um, like I said, we had many agencies working together to uh, get this done, and uh, it, it just turned out to be a really good deal. So I was going to say this was another one of those multi-agency um, operation, including the district attorney's office. Yes, yes, we've been working hand in hand with uh, Jenny Palmer's office, um, who was able to obtain some arrest warrants, which led to the search warrant. Um, to uh, arrest him on, and then everything else kind of fell together. And that's what started the entire process, yes. was the ability to get those arrest warrants at the at the outset. Um, I 
another great arrest, multiple people, multiple um, weapons, drugs, all that off the street, which is, you know, what we call a big win. Yes, sir. All right, and let's finish up talking about the fact that um, some big news in the jail. Um, you know, you have been under COVID restrictions for over a year now. Um, but again, some big news. Yes, we were <clears throat> we're excited. I know um, I know the families of the inmates are going to be excited. Also, um, we finally got approval from. Uh, Net Health to uh, on our visitation plan that we sent back to them back in March. They signed off on it late last week. We sent it to the Texas Commission on Jail Standards. They approved the visitation plan on Monday. Um, so now we are back open for visitation. We're going to continue to do our regular visitation hours, which are uh, Saturday um, from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. and then Sundays and Tuesdays from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. Um, there are some changes, however, um, because we still have to uh, be careful in a jail setting. So uh, there will be restrictions. The visitors will come up and, uh, you know, there'll be temperature checks. There will be, uh, you will file, fill out a, a COVID form. If you have over 100.4 uh, fever, you won't be allowed in the building. Um, Mask will be required on the inmate side and on the visitor side, um, just because now you are talking about getting inmates from other dorms. They're not; they're going to be mingling uh, together. So, uh, and then two used to we allowed up to four individuals coming in to visit uh, one in one inmate. Now that's going to be no more than two, and if it is two, it's going to be somebody of the age of 18 or older, and then one person um, younger than 18. And so uh, somebody can bring a kid up here or a juvenile up here. But if you're of the age of 17, you must have a valid state ID. Uh, so our visitation plan is a lot the same, but it, it does have some differences, and of course, in between the visits, um, we will have the cleaning crew go in and sanitize everything, all the seats and phones and everything on both sides, um, just to take every precaution that we can. But um, we're really excited to be able to open back up and let let the inmates' loved ones come and, and see them. Of course, they've had the opportunity with the uh, phone system, the video visitation system that we started back up in December but now they can actually come and lay their eyes on the individuals and uh, I think it'll be a good thing. And it's important to, to have the inmates see their loved ones. Oh, yes, sir, it is. Uh, all right. Well, that just about wraps up what we have for this week. But before we get out of here, I want to make sure that we touch base on how people can connect with you because the sheriff's office pays very close attention to tips it gets from the community. Yes, sir. Um, please call us. You can call us at the office at 903-675-5128. You can call anonymously at uh, Henderson County Crime Stoppers at 1-800-545-TIPS. Or you can reach out to me on uh, the Henderson County Sheriff's Office Facebook page. I'm still not able to edit it. I'm still not able to post anything on it, but I can still talk to you through Messenger on that, and I'm still getting tips and still... Uh, communicating with the public on it and I will continue to do so so send me a private message on that page and I will get back to you 
All right. Well, thank you very much, Sheriff, for uh, letting us in, see what's going on in the Sheriff's Office. Folks, make sure to listen. This uh, podcast happens every week. And thank you for listening. Thank you.